Let's call these motherfuckers up right the fuck now and see what the fuck is going on in their world, man. Hello, is this uh, Polkra Mort? Yeah, Polkra Morte. This is Clayton. (laughs) Morte. I was wondering about that, man. I was wondering if I was fucking up the name, dude. Ah, you were close. That was great. Uh, I love that we're following Jim Florentine. That's probably the only time that'll ever happen. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So so tell us, man, what the fuck is going on in the world of Paul Cremorte? Uh, well, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we were, we were just at... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's probably more accurate. But we were just at... Uh, studio writing rehearsing recording some stuff a couple weeks ago it was great hell yeah man so uh so so tell us uh like uh, as far as the band how, how long have you guys been doing this and uh how exactly did you get started well we started really in 2017 um i, I had been talking with jason Baron, who was a guy that uh, I played with in Harkonnen for several years in the early 2000s, late 2000s. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about kind of that era of music, like where Gothic and those first couple My Dying Bride records were coming out. And that kind of style of music just kind of came and went. And, you know, we should do something about that. So Jason found this other guy, uh, Jeff Bredden, and he's... Uh, a guitar wizard he sent me a couple demos and i was like fuck yeah let's do this and then uh, fast forward a year and we were uh talking with Jarrett, who i've known for you know 30 years about maybe laying down some bass on a demo for us and Jarrett, why don't you take it well i heard the songs and i mean i'm I make records for a living. I mean, that's what I do. You know, Good Horror 1349, Gershom, Exhumed, on and on. And um, heard the songs, and I was like, "Wow, I really like these songs. I like the material. It's it's well written. It's not relying on tricks or on speed or technicality. Like these are actually good songs. You know, in my opinion, of course, only my opinion." And I said, "Well, you know, I'd actually kind of like to be a part of this because I learned all the songs and I played the bass on the demos, and then I called Clay and I said, "Hey." You know, why are you making a demo? Like, why don't you just make a record? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, I'd like to make that record. And I'd like to be a part of this. And I'd like to do the bass now and then find a bass player and switch over to guitar and actually do this for real. And that's basically what we did. We just went from there. Um, Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. So, uh, and the, the, the band name, Paul Cromorte, how did you guys come up with that? Is there a story behind it? Yeah, sort of. I mean, we were, you know, as you're kind of tossing around what you're trying to accomplish with a project and, you know, a band and a feeling you're trying to get across, you know, you that first impression is kind of everything. So we were trying to come up with a name that really, you know, said what we were trying to do right there in black and white. And, you know, we were trying to make beautiful music and, you know, really sing about the darker aspects of, of death and really on the death metal side of things. So Beautiful Death was kind of the the name, and we started playing around with that and uh, just translated it to Latin, and it made sense. So there you go, Pulchra Morte. Fuck yeah, man. 
Uh, speaking of uh, like uh, some of your influences, man, like what got you? Uh, well, I mean, take us back to the beginning. Like, what got you into playing music at the start? Um, well, I mean, my my dad played, so some of my earliest memories are watching him play. But um, what really kicked it into overdrive for me was was Kiss. I mean, like. I liked all kinds of stuff as young as I can remember. Uh, but, you know, it's the 70s. I saw Kiss on my, you know, relative's wall. And I was like, holy, you know, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to that. Like, I want to be that, you know. And then I was lucky and I got, you know, I had Kiss and I had, you know, I got into a lot of different kind of music when I was a kid. I liked Queen, like I liked Kiss and, you know, a few different things. And then for me, I mean, I played guitar you know, from the time I was a little kid, but the real push came when I got into punk and, you know, probably like Black Flag and MDC, Septic Death, those bands. It was just kind of like the revelation, like, okay, like I can do that. Like I'm not Eddie Van Halen at 10 years old, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that good. But I can do that, you know. I can play these chords, and and I can make a sound, and I can contribute to this. So, I mean, really, for me, like, when I was into metal, like as as a, as a young kid, you know, I mean, like pre teenage years, super into it. Dio, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really couldn't play that. I really couldn't play that well because I was a kid. You know, I was just learning. Punk rock for me was the gateway where it's like, okay, I can do this. I can participate, and and I can play. You know, and um, that that was it for me. I know Clay's is a little bit different, but that's where I came from. Yeah, me. I mean, I, I just <clears throat> I grew up in a small town, so you know, my musical influences when I was very young was my older brothers and sisters, and you know, they were listening to things like the Beatles and Boston, and it was all just sort of whatever background music. I, I didn't really, you know, understand what music was at that age but as i got older um i remember them playing frank zappa um you know apostrophe overnight sensation and i was like wow what is this this is this is super interesting so that's when i think i really kind of knew that music was a thing and then uh i moved to st louis when i was still relatively young and immediately went to a record store and you know found things like motley Crue and armored saint and wasp and you know metallica iron maiden and i was like oh shit this is great this is fantastic but the time where i really you know started kind of playing drums was when i heard uh whiplashes uh nailed to the cross and last man alive and i was like oh okay i can i definitely want to do this that's super aggressive super angry that sounds like something that I can do on drums. So that's kind of where I started going down the road of much darker and more aggressive metal. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember, I remember being a kid and sitting there trying to play guitar and listening to bands like Iron Maiden and Metallica and Van Halen and all that shit. And it seemed like it was almost impossible to play that fucking good, you know, just right. especially right out right out of the gates, you know. It's like fuck, man, how how the fuck do you get that good? And uh, but then when I heard some some like uh, like shit like fucking obituary and uh, I don't know st- stuff like that that was a little bit slower, but it was heavy, you know, and just 
And I was like, okay, man, I can do that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I said this in a lot of interviews as far as death metal went. Um, our old friend's band, Ex Mortis, like when I heard that, for whatever reason, that, you know, cause, I mean, I already had Morbid Angel. I've been listening to the demos of that for years. And that was amazing. But at first, it, you know, at like 15, it still seemed a little bit out of my reach. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like Ex Mortis's Immortality's End. I was like, wow, like, not only is this fucking great, like, I understand this. Like, I can, you know, I can jump in there and, and, and I can do that, you know? And um, so I know exactly what you mean. Like, it, sometimes I think it's the spark where you realize, like, okay, like, I, it's possible. Like, I can do this. It's within my grasp. It's, that's really all you need to launch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, man. I mean, that's sometimes I think that's all it takes, you know. And then once you get started on that, then it just yeah, it just takes you down a whole another path, and then you're just like, you know. Uh, yeah, you just really don't know when you hear it. You're like, oh, killer! I'll just pick up a guitar. Or I'll pick up some drumsticks. I can do that. And then you get <laughs> you know, just get to sit down with it, and you're like, oh shit, this is a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man like I, I remember getting a tab book for uh steve Vai, one of his fucking uh passion of warfare man and sitting there trying to trying like yeah i like i actually thought that i was gonna fucking just pick that up and like learn it right there you know just read the tabs man it's you know how hard can it be well, yeah think, this yeah. dude that i worked with at the movie theater in tampa uh gave guitar lessons and it's a funny story. He got uh, called by Jennifer Capriati, who was a you know famous tennis player at the time, like a you know younger teenage tennis star. And she's like, "Yeah, can you give me guitar lessons?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." So he takes his guitar over there, and she's like, "All right, so what do we got? An hour? Cool. That should be plenty of time. I want to play Stairway to Heaven when we're out of here." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." <laughs> right. Right. All right, so uh, so looking at your uh, at the promo, man, I see there's a bunch of fucking guest uh, musicians on this record too. You got Jay Fernandez from Brutality, uh, guest vocals from Heather from uh, and uh, backing vocals from fucking Thirteen Forty Nine, Immolation, Exhumed, Black Tusk, Mondo Generator, and more. Can you tell us about that? Um. Well, uh, Heather. First of all, I'll lay that out, Heather has been our friend and sang with us all the way back in the eulogy days. Um, so she's just someone that I know that has a lot of great ideas and is really, really talented. And I just, you know, we just like to have different textures. I always loved the female vocals on a lot of different death metal back in the day. And it's just, I mean, even our band back at that actual time utilized it. So Heather's just a, a an ally and, and, and an extremely valuable one. And then Fernandez, and I played in Brutality like as a live guitarist for him because uh, they're all old buddies of mine. Uh, Jay and I have known each other since Jay also played in Eulogy way back in the day. And I think Jay's just a fantastic musician. And, you know, it's just, it's when you're making music with your friends, you know, just to like be real clear about it, you're you're painting with like a different brush and at the end of the day it kind of is really about just what you accomplish and how you feel about what you accomplish and so including our friends in that 
is kind of a big deal. Our buddy Andrew Garrity, who played with me in Wolfhammer and has worked on tours with me for years, doing merch, driving, he's a tour manager. Andrew sings a bunch of backing vocals on it as well. We've got Jason Avery, who was the vocalist of Eulogy in there. And then because of the pandemic, I mean, we just reached out. You know, there was a, an open call to anyone that wanted to sing with us. And it, you know, it's it's ultimately about 100 voices in there and a lot of different voices, a lot of different people, you know. Wow, that's really cool, man. Um, and that is- yeah, we were just really trying to, you know, since you can't go to shows it seemed like a good idea to really kind of replicate as best we can on a record the the feeling of just standing next to somebody you may not know have nothing in common with then just kind of yell in unison you know trying to put forth the same energy so it seemed like a really cool idea and i think it came across pretty well thanks to some uh, technical know-how from mr jarrett yeah there was no screening process at all it was just kind of like anybody you don't even have to be in a band like you can yell in your cell phone like it was an open invitation like anyone that wants to sing like we want you to get on here and be a part of this you know in the song the serpent's choir that we did it on you know adam could probably explain it a little bit better but my understanding is that you know it's about the power of the written word when a lot of voices get behind it you know some of it were friends that we reached out to you know i've worked with 1349 for 11 years actually i've been with those guys for a long time and they're my very 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 close friends they're like my brothers you know and so naturally they were going to be there you know and um there are a lot of other people people we've toured with people i've made records with that i reached out to and said hey do me a favor you know jump on and yell you know there are other people that just showed up and um overall i just you know, I don't know that anything like that's ever been really tried, and it was difficult. It was it, for me technically, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, but it, at the end of the day, I feel really cool about it because it's just it's a moment in time where a lot of people that are involved in metal or fans of metal or mm-hmm. performers got together and you know let it have it, and and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, you know, earlier in the show, I was talking about uh, looking back on this year. And I mean, with everything, that, it's obviously things are really fucked up this year and, and a lot of fucked up shit has happened. But as far as uh, music is concerned, like there's been a lot of really good releases and uh, a lot of creativity coming out. But there has been a lot of collaborations with just different people working together, uh, you know, through through online fucking shit you know and just doing all these different you know whether it's doing these covers or they're doing all these little quarantine videos and stuff like it's it's actually pretty cool to see you know just seeing all these people working together because i mean it's just like what else can you do you know like you've got to you got to come together somehow you know well it's interesting yeah because in in a lot of ways the, I, I think that if you only were to like maybe for instance like look at the discussion thread of any post on social media I mean it looks like everyone fucking hates each other and that's not <laughs> true at all you know I mean I'm a touring front of house engineer and you know tour manager and I work for a lot of bands and I know for a fact that like bands and everybody else everybody 
you know, kind of knows each other. Everybody gets along. Like, metal really is a community. Mm-hmm. There's some bullshit in it. There's some circle-jerking fucking nonsense gatekeeper, like, fuck-off idiots out there. But most of the people that are actually doing metal, like the crews, the bands, this, that, and the other, it really is a co- it is a community. So it's it's excellent, but it's not super surprising to see people jamming together. You know, like there are some covers I've seen where it's like people that I know, and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Of course, you guys are going to do that. Um, so it's it's cool, and it's it's also cool to remember that. You know, like we all of us that play metal or whatever, you know, you kind of have to remember that within our own world, we're a microcosm, like to the the public at large. So that's nothing to do with what we do. We're actually a relatively small group. And I I think the more things that we do together and like kind of the more that we support each other or collaborate or everything, like the better for music and for metal, not only as a music, but as a community, it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Totally, man. Um, now, as far as the sound of this record, man, it's got a really, really good uh, mix, and the sound just fucking, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I i could go on all day about how good it sounds, but I was looking here, and it says that it was mastered by the same people that did Faith No More, Halford, and Sepultura, too. Can you tell us about that? Go for it, Clay. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're sitting on something that you've created like this, that you've put two years of work into and you're happy with how it sounds, it's, uh, it's no small decision to figure out, you know, who can help contribute and push it just, you know, that little bit further with the master. Um, so, you know, we had been talking about several different folks, um, you know, and everybody's, as you pointed out, producing music right now. So a lot of these guys have a pretty full schedule. So it was really just a matter of trying to work out, you know, who's going to be best uh, for the budget we have that has openings and, and makes sense for the sound we're trying to go for. And, you know, it's really not that kind of gnarly, you know, Swedish sound or, or anything like that that's super death metal-y. We wanted to, to sound more warm, you know, more sort of analog. I mean, we recorded a good deal of this on tape, you know, so... We wanted to preserve that sound, and, and Mayer was a, a great choice. He was great to work with. We ran a couple passes, and he really knocked it out, I think. Yeah, I've known Mayer for, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I feel like it's been, like, since 2008, 2009. Like, I, I know his work. Like, we've crossed paths before. Like, I was front of house for Cynic. He mastered Cynic. Um, you know, he uh, he did go tour for me a few years ago when I did Vengeful Ascension. And so I, you know, I just knew that his work would be quality. And he's the easy guy to work with. He's really nice. And he's really talented, you know. So it, it seemed like a proper choice. It's funny because I know a lot of different guys that are mastering engineers, myself included. And I... You know, I consider them my peers, and I consider them to be really good. You know, I mean, I I tend to hang out with guys that are good engineers just because we probably have more to talk about. We have more in common with, you know. But, uh, yeah, Mayor's done some quality work, and he's he's a cool dude. And he's always super excited to work on things, and uh, he just seemed like the right fit, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of sounds, man, for all the gearheads out there listening – can you give us like a rundown of some of the uh, some of the rigs that you guys are using in there to make these sounds? Well, so our live rigs 
We use um, Emperor cabs, and I uh, have, uh, you know, we have two stack, two full stacks of them loaded with Weber Gray Wolves. Uh, Jeff's using a block letter 5150. I'm using a 97 dual wreck. And uh, we have a lot of pedals and a uh, big thing that's a part of our sounds. We got our buddy Mike that is uh, out in Colorado making uh, pedals called Foul Sounds. And I've known Mike. He comes from Virginia, where I'm from. And he came to a show a couple years back and brought me some of his stuff to check out. And I found that I really liked his overdrives and distortions a whole lot he just made a cool echo but i haven't heard it yet and that there's a thing that we're doing with the flannel the red flannel and green flannel overlord pedals that kind of throttle the inputs of our amps a little bit but so that's our live rigs like recording it wise it was pretty similar you know i used a couple different amps um I'm, I used guitar wise. I used my ESP uh, EC1000 or LTD EC1000 with Seymour uh, Duncan's in it. And that was like the guitar that we did all the rhythms with. Jeff and I kind of like threw the guitar back and forth. And uh, Clay can tell you about the drums because that's him. I don't know nothing about it. Clay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was talking to mute. Sorry. I, I just said, I, I don't know, man. I just pick up a couple pieces of wood and bash around on some shit. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> um, no, I played Pearl drums. So I've got a music city custom kit that I just got last year, actually, um, before we went on tour with 1349. And this was the first album that I've used it on all the other albums. I've been on the rest of my life. have been the same Pearl kit that I got in 1988. So this is really my first, brand new drum set that i purchased myself it's pretty funny after all these years um but yeah so i got that and that's killer it sounds really great under the mic uh pearl brass reference snare that's loud as fuck and then speaking of loud all peisty cymbals all the way around uh that i just bought peisty roods actually and you know that's a thing that i've always kind of wanted to have a full setup of i, I used some in the eulogy days but I always wanted a full setup. You know, it's something like going back to Stuart Copeland and Dave Lombardo that used Roots. Uh, Dave still does. But, you know, they're just really, they cut through everything and they're loud as fuck. So it's a little difficult difficult to control in the studio, but they're great for live. So anyway, and, that's and what I do. They're, they're my recording preference. I like them probably out of the gate better than most things, actually. I mean, I... I I completely back it, even though you know they are unruly as fuck. You know, you got it's a little tricky to deal with them, but I like them a lot myself. Yeah, for anybody that gives a shit anymore, uh, we did a walkthrough video when we had it under the mics when we were recording this record. Actually, that's on our Facebook page at Pulcro Morte. Oh, sick! Cool, man. Uh, got some questions for you coming in from the listeners. Uh, Titan, Titan wants to know where do you see yourselves playing live when uh, COVID is finally defeated? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> any, anywhere and everywhere. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get in the van now. I'm going, you know, I'm going nuts. I'm ready to play. I'll play your fucking living room, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah! Another question is, uh, how many instruments can you play? Oh me. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I, I I mean I play bass, play guitars. I can play enough keys to say I can't play keys, but I can get it done. 
Uh, I can play some wind instruments, but I don't play them much at all or, or fuck with them. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, nothing with strings. Uh, I guess technically piano is a percussion instrument, so I, I took like four years of piano lessons as a kid, and I can still uh, annoy everybody with the themed uh, Halloween or The Exorcist or you know Charlie Brown, but I'm not proficient. And Mostly he drums. Does. Don't oh, yes. near a piano because it will totally happen. <laughs> but I, I can write for just about anything though. Like if I'm sitting down, like in scoring, which nowadays is a computer or a sequencer, like I can write and think for most of it. But I, I mean, I only basically my focus is mostly stringed instruments. Oh yeah. Another question, uh, Lady Red wants to know, have you ever played in Canada, or do you want to? Well, I would absolutely like to play in Canada. I've been to Canada many times touring. Uh, I mean, everywhere from, you know, Vancouver, Montreal, Quebec City, Toronto, Kamloops, Regina, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, I mean, all over the place. I love it up there, and I would absolutely like to play up there. Shit, I'd like to move there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what's uh, another question? What's one place that you that you love playing at? What's your favorite place to play at? Anywhere that there's a room full of people that are interested in jamming out to some music. I I, I don't care if it's in you know a, a smaller town like Johnson City, Tennessee, or whether it's in the middle of Manhattan at Irving Plaza, like anywhere that there are people that want to jam out and listen to some music and, and, and get wild. I I'm all about it. It, it, it doesn't matter anywhere that there's people that care about music. That's where I want to play. Fuck. Yeah, man. Uh, another question. Vicky wants to know, what do you prefer bubble baths or showers? <laughs> <laughs> That's you play. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, can't remember the last time I took a bubble bath, um, but you know, I'd say probably with company you'd want to do a bubble bath. The shower is sort of a solitary thing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I typically don't have time to, to stop long enough to take a bath, so I'm probably good jumping in the shower. But I mean, you know, I mean, I guess if uh. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, showers got to work sometimes. I just don't have the time. <laughs> Another question. Uh, Bad Wizard wants to know, what are you guys listening to right now? Uh, like on your uh, music devices, whatever. You, uh, however you listen to music. Man, I've been listening to all kinds of shit this year. As you pointed out, it's kind of been a wild year. Um, probably mostly... Lately, since it came out, I've been listening to that macabre. Um, Boren and Der Club of Gore put yeah. out a great album earlier this year. Um, but, you know, I mostly listen to older shit, too. Although, I do like that Waste of Space Orchestra record. Like, that was a cool record. Um, I've been kind of, like, looking back at Crack the Sky, uh, listening to that. Um, I've been... I, I listen to a lot of, like, weird like 80 new wave music i like sisters of mercy and christian death and stuff like that um just for the sheer like insanity of it conquering dystopia is pretty interesting just because it's just like wow 
fuck. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, I listen to Neurosis. I like that a lot. I listen to like Through Silver and Blood and Enemy of the Sun are two of my favorite records. So I listen to that a lot still. And I spent most of the summer not wanting to listen to fucking anything because I was in the studio making this record the whole time. So when I was done, <laughs> I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't even want anybody to talk to me. Like, don't even talk. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Man, uh, speaking of Crack the Sky, did you see Mastodon covering uh, Alice in Chains again the other day? Yeah, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, they did a great job, man. Yeah, these yeah. guys are rad. Hell yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, Lady Red wants to know, do you have any crazy road stories to tell? Um... <laughs> <laughs> that that you still can't be prosecuted for, Jarrett. <clears throat> what? That's not, man. That's not true. I was thinking. Oh, you know what I was thinking about today? One time there was I was on tour and some sound guy probably had only ever like run his mouth on the internet, so he didn't understand the other part of it when I threw him across the stage onto a pair of floor wedges, <laughs> and then he learned that being a fucking asshole is the wrong thing to do. But, um, no, I mean, that did happen. But, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot. Because I've been on the road for a long time, like, professionally. Well, that wasn't very professional. But professionally. Wait, speaking. wait, wait, wait. Explain that, man. You threw a guy off the stage? No, I fucking threw a house guy across the stage onto a pair of floor wedges <laughs> for being drunk and screaming at the drummer of the band I was working for. You know, so it happens. I, sometimes you got to fucking correct people. I mean, shit, last, last year when we toured with 1349 and, and Cloak and Uada, the fucking monitors caught on fire during Cloak. So, you know, shit happens. <laughs> Fuck, man. The fucking monitors catching on fire. Did, 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 what did they do? Did they stop playing or did they just uh, blow them out with fucking... <laughs> No, it just added to the it just added to the smoke our bros use in that band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's like, God, their smoke smells weird tonight. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Everybody's probably just like, Fuck yeah, man! The fucking amps yeah. on fire, dude. Yeah, they're smoking. <laughs> uh, another question: uh, sausages or burgers with or without chili sauce? Whew, shit. I think anything's just a valid vehicle for chili sauce. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a, a burger person than the tubed meat. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with burgers, but should you end up with a hot dog or sausage, I think that Texas Pete chili sauce specifically is really a, it's kind of a necessity. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Another question: Who would you guys most like to appear on stage with? Man, Ripping Corpse. Yeah, Ripping Corpse. Get back together and play. Yeah, or like you know, Entombed. The clandestine American tour lineup would be fantastic. Uh, original lineup accused would be great. Um, currently, Voivod and thirteen, uh, yeah, Voivod, my guys in thirteen forty nine, obviously, uh, Godor dudes, my friend, you know, my friends, people, that, you know, 
Hell yeah, man. Uh, another question, most favorite singer or band of all time? Wow. Man, there's so many good ones. Uh, just thinking about singers, that is that is a very difficult question. I mean, there's there's guys that are just sort of staples, and you know immediately who they are. You know, Scott Ruth from Ripping Corpse is one. Martin Van Drunen, you know, who's Pestilence and Bolt Thrower and mm-hmm. Asphyx, et cetera. His voice is you know just super powerful and unique you know nick holmes obviously uh i think is fantastic and then you know you go back in the day and there's just those landmark dudes like stace sheepdog mclaren from razor and even don doty on those first couple dark angel records i mean some sick vocalists out there i couldn't even i I couldn't even begin to to pick one i mean i i I like so much music. I think so many people are great. I, I, yeah. Old people, people that are gigantic, people that you know. I mean, I, you know, currently, I, Braven, I, I think is great. I think Ben from Goat Horse, like one of the best, you know, I, I think Adam that sings for us is one of the best. I mean, I, Adam and I didn't always play in a band. I mean, Adam was in Wolfhammer for years, and I was a friend and a fan, and I, I thought that he was a fantastic front man. I thought he was a great, just sounding vocalist. I just have so many people out there, like currently, past, present, that I admire and, and just, you know, just like I you know, hear him sing or watch him do a show, and I just smile and shake my head, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that dude's killing it right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Raven is just always amazing to watch live. And, and as you said, Ben, I mean, yeah, there's just so many. That's a ridiculous question. Hell yeah, man. Uh, another question. Uh, what do you prefer, female mud fight or figure skating? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Where do you even watch female mud fights anymore? I mean, there's, there's no bars anymore. Really. You got to really look for that. <clears throat> That's tough. I mean, one. I've only ever seen like a mud fight on TV. I think I saw a Jello wrestling thing one time, like a long time ago. I only really like figure skating if uh, clubs and broken ankles and knees are involved. Yeah, I watch skating in the Olympics, but you know, you're always just kind of looking for the fall. I mean, for for female mud wrestling, I'll just watch Stripes. I think everything I know about female mud wrestling came from Stripes. I mean, but as far as skating goes on ice specifically, I mean, I, I probably laugh harder at slap shot to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. If we're talking about hockey, I, I live for hockey. I live in St. Louis. I mean, what the fuck? So yeah, I've been a hockey fan for ages. We, we were in Tampa active in eulogy lived through the era when the lightning started. So I'm, I'm all about the hockey. And of course, I mean, fucking slap shot goon Chernobyl motherfuckers. Two rules, man. <laughs> Speaking of that, like, what, what kind of shit do you guys do in your in your downtime when you're not doing music? Oh, wow. I mean, I watch a lot of fucking movies. I mean, I watch a lot of all kinds of movies, but I'm a huge horror fan. I collect screen print posters and vinyl, and I read a lot, and you know, work. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I, I screen print T-shirts and, and posters and stuff. I've got you know a, a cool setup at my house, and um, 
I mean, I work in the studio a lot, so you know, working on records and recording records and mixing records and mastering records pretty much constantly. So it's really, I mean, music in general is kind of constant with me because it's my job and as well as my band, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jarrett and Free Time are two opposing sentence statements. There, <laughs> he has none. He is always working. <laughs> It's always entertaining to get a call from Jarrett and find out what the hell he's doing. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, he did an interview while he was getting tattooed. I mean, the dude just has no time. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Speaking of, uh, well, as far as music is concerned, man, what's what's your favorite uh, platforms to listen to music on? Like vinyl, CDs, tapes, fucking Spotify? Like, what, what do you, how do you do it? I, I I like my records a lot, uh, but I also really enjoy uh, being able to buy high-resolution uh, versions of music. Like, you know, you can go to like a site like Cubuzz or whatever, and you can buy the full-res, you know, wave of a specific song, and I, and I like that. I like hearing it probably in what i imagine was the form it was delivered in you know i i don't mind the streaming stuff you know i mean that's fine but if i'm gonna like really listen or enjoy something or try and learn from something i'm listening to i want it to be very high quality and that's usually what's happening like when i'm at work like if i'm listening to something there if i'm at home i'm definitely just playing my records Oh yeah, yeah. I've got, like I said, a huge vinyl collection that I, I listen to. I mean, I, I also though have several terabytes of music. I just keep my own so that I can load up my phone with whatever. And I mean, anything I have, I've ever had in the thousands of CDs and vinyl that I've got, I've ripped. So I just have a huge, you know, personal collection that I farm from. Just because I don't, I mean, I don't participate on any of the streaming sites really. Um, I just don't like the sound, generally speaking, and it's just tinny, you know, it's it sounds not real to me. It's not any grand philosophical statement that I don't really listen to it, but I do if it's like background noise or we're just hanging out, you know, doing something else, listening to music, we'll put on some nice chill tunes from whatever streaming service. Hell yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I have to listen to a lot of MP3s because of my job here, but... Uh, as far as like in my in my own personal time, man, I love fucking listening to records, dude. And uh, but it's it's always fucking uh, it always amazes me how different records sound from each other. Like you can listen to uh, I don't know, like sometimes I'll get a newer record and then I'll listen to like an older record, you know, like some old fucking original pressing of like Led Zeppelin or Sabbath or something. Right. And, and the sound quality is so much fucking better sometimes than some of the newer stuff. And, you know, I wonder, like, what what the fuck did they do differently? You know, like how I guess it was because they were transferring it straight from fucking uh, tape to fucking vinyl or they're recording it right to the vinyl. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it's just a it's just a very different world. I mean, you, you we're talking about a time where people you know at times went into the studio for a month and 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 wrote it 
and played together and you know the communication between musicians like playing in a live space and then you take into consideration the equipment that they're using you know you got like you know you, you look at like sound city you've got you know a, you know what's now like a million dollar console like that neve that they pulled out of there and then they're recording the tape and you just there weren't really a lot of shortcuts back then you know you you I think that the best time for produced music probably came right before digital at the early 90s, like when people really had learned how to, like, you know, use analog to the fullest. So that's like the era of, like, Dirt or, like, the Soundgarden records. Uh, most of the death metal was done then. And uh, I think things are different now. I, I don't think that bands operate as much as a unit. Uh, I think that a lot of times, uh, you know, people do a lot more work over the internet or whatever, and there's a certain connection that's not there. There's a, you know, if you, you know, you're in a band and you go into the rehearsal space like we used to do, you know, five nights a week, five or six hours a night, you know, you tone, you know, you tune in your sound, you get locked into each other. There's like some groove and some feeling going on, but it's a very well-oiled machine. Um, I just think things are a lot more mechanical now. Yeah, and really, that's one of the reasons that we thought it was important to track at least the drums fully to tape in a fully analog studio. And, you know, it's just, it's a different thing where, I don't know, there's there's a tactile, you know, portion of this. That's why I like listening to vinyl. It's part of the art. That's why I collect screen-printed posters versus just, you know, regular printed posters there's there's something about that other you know it's it's somebody else's art that is transferring your music there's a true skill and art to creating a vinyl record properly and you know there's there's something about that that in the whole process everybody's adding their little piece that it just doesn't really transfer the same way when you talk about digital plus i mean especially as jared pointed out in the last 15 or 20 years it's really gone to sort of that you know, super high compression, that loudness wars that everybody's going for, and it, it just creates a totally different feel. It's very aggressive and abrasive, and that can be helpful to certain music, but it's a totally different world. Oh, yeah, man. All right, well, for people out there listening, where can they go to find out more information about you guys? Well, there's pulcromorte.com. There's uh, Facebook slash pulcromorte and Instagram where pulcromorte metal on twitter we're pulcromorte 666 uh .com. we've got a whole bunch of different shirts and patches pins there's still a couple copies of the special edition vinyl record left and with that we're putting in like a slip mat and patches and stickers and the screen printed cover it's really cool um and then of course transcending records and eu.transcendingrecords.com for our european friends and elsewhere in the world shipping will be a lot cheaper he's still got some copies so that's kind of everywhere we are online oh yeah all right well i'm about out of questions for you guys is there anything else you want to add let your uh fans know uh just you know push the button check it out uh we appreciate every single person that does it's uh Naturally, we wrote it and we recorded it for ourselves. We, we, we want everybody else to take part in it, too. You know, I'm, uh, it's it's tricky these days because there's so much information 
flying at you. So I think you have to stop and appreciate everybody that, uh, you know, checks out what you're doing the same way you would if you appreciated someone that looked at a photograph you took or, or, or anything else, you know? So, um, yeah, for everybody that participates and supports us and yourself included, you know, thanks a lot. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for checking out what we're doing. It's, uh, we really enjoy doing it. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's, uh, a very fulfilling thing for us. And so, you know, thanks to everybody that's participating it means a lot. Hell yeah, dudes. Well, before I let you go, I got to get you to make us a station tag. All right. All right. All right. Whenever you're ready, say something like this is Polk Remorte and you're listening to metal devastation radio. All right, Clay, you ready? One, two, three, go. This is Paul from Morte, and you're listening listening to Metal Devastation Radio. 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 (laughs) Radio. Radio. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for taking the time to talk to us, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to blast some more fucking music from you guys so these motherfuckers can go crazy, all right? Check it out. Killer. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. There you have it, folks. Polk Remorte live on the Zach Moonshine Show with Metal Devastation motherfucking radio. Like I said earlier, put your speakers in your fucking windows, put them in your front lawns, put them wherever the fuck you can. Make your neighbors fucking hate you, man. If you don't see you all trucks everywhere tomorrow, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but you're not playing it.